business, your life. Challenges are all around you. It seems so overwhelming. People are depending on you. Who do you listen to? Where can you go to find honest, useful information? Todd Rooker. For decades, Todd Rooker has been teaching professional education to attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and financial advisors. Rooker Financial Consulting offers advice and coaching to consumers, business owners, and financial professionals on every topic imaginable. If you truly want to succeed, sit back and find out how to cover and build your assets. Here's nationally renowned speaker and expert getting you on the path to financial strength and wealth, Todd Rooker. Everybody, how are you doing this morning? Welcome to another episode of Cover Your Assets. I have a great show lined up. I have Matthew Eichmann from Abracadabra. This is another entrepreneur, pretty amazing young man. I posted last evening uh, on Facebook and uh, kind of to tell people a little bit about him. He's got uh, strong ambition and uh, has is willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And for those of you who have the same aspirations, I think the show is going to be useful to you to get a sense of who this guy is, where he comes from, uh, not just actually where he comes from, but also where he comes from mentally. So, Matthew, welcome to the show. Todd, thank you so much for having me. Super well, excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. So, you know, we're going to begin with what we ordinarily do, and that is tell me where you grew up, Matt. Uh, so I grew up in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Um, my parents raised my uh, me and my five brothers and sisters there. Um, went to a private school, Maranatha Christian Academy in Brooklyn Park as well. Parents did a lot to just invest into us at a, at a young age. And um, yeah, so Brooklyn Park, huh. pretty much born and raised. Well, that, okay, so, so your parents sent you to private school. It's a big deal. It's expensive. Uh, and five times kids. Six. Yeah. Times six. Yeah. Times six. I mean, my goodness gracious. So six kids. So what did your mom and dad do that they were able or capable of being able to afford to do that? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so they sacrificed a lot, honestly. Um, but my so my mom worked at the school. Um, she was in the pre-K department for a good majority of the time I was there. She was a preschool principal. Um, so she was kind of running a bunch, like managing a bunch of kids, uh, little kids too. And then my father, um, he worked at, uh, or he still works at a company in um, Bloomington uh, and essentially warehouse manager. At this point, he's worked his way all the way from being in the warehouse up to like managing the purchasing for the entire facility. So, so he still does that. Yeah. Um, he's a G like my, my dad. Uh, he's very humble, but um he, yeah, he's just a fantastic role model for me and all my my siblings. Oh, it sounds like you had wonderful parents. How was your childhood? Did, um, you, did you have a good childhood? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, my parents made sure, although like they did sacrifice a lot for uh, just for the future of me and my my brothers. They they invested into us and our education, um, but we never really understood their financial situation until. Like now that we're adults and like we're broke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but they found a way to do that. That's yeah. But we were always happy. There was so much love, and that's why our family is still so really close. Very. And where do you fall in that lineage? I'm number two. You're number two, and as in the oldest, second oldest, second oldest, yeah, second oldest. Wow. So how how old is your youngest? Then your youngest brother. Uh, so my youngest brother is 27. Uh-huh. Um, my youngest sibling altogether is 20. Okay. Ish. Okay. And, and how old is how old is Andy? Um, That's your oldest brother, right? Uh, yep, he's thirty-five. And Andy, Andy works with you in the business, yep. and and Seth. Uh, yeah, I'm blessed to have both two of my brothers work with me. Andy, my older brother, he's two years above me. Philip, my younger brother, two years below me. Um, they helped me hold it down. Wouldn't be where we're at where we're at now without those two guys. Very good, very good. Well, I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> it's interesting because you're you're. Childhood sometimes can have a lot to do with it. Did you endeavor into anything entrepreneurial when you were young? Yeah, um, I I was always a little hustler. Um, but uh, I I remember <laughs> me and a couple of friends started our uh, started a company called the Sevy Starters. Where we we're in seventh grade, and essentially we were starting vehicles for upperclassmen in the middle of the winter when it was really cold. Really? So, yeah, so how? Like a couple bucks, like. And then we got in trouble. Uh, <laughs> how old were you? And then how'd you get in trouble? Uh, seventh grade. I mean, we weren't old enough to drive, so we were. Very like, we not, at least not legally, yeah, right? <laughs> so it, some liabilities there for the the school parking lot. So they put the kibosh on that, but we made some money. Oh. <laughs> All right. So as a, as a kid, now we're still we're still back in those years. What were the what were the challenges that you had, if any, at growing up? I just wanted to win at everything. Those were your challenges. <laughs> yeah, was, um, uh, not, I mean, I was a poor sport. Um, I'd flip boards and stuff, playing games, just incredibly competitive. Um, but I flip guess my boards, ch- you mean like get like, mad and yeah, flip boards? Like, or like, yeah. <laughs> so board games, you got mad. You just... uh, if I didn't win, if yeah. I won, I was happy. Um, and I mean, sports really helped me sculpt a lot of um, my mental fortitude and just how I address things like I, I played baseball pitched at Hamlin just down the road here um, and when you're a pitcher you you got to kind of be like at a baseline it can't be up and down up and down and your emotions can't drive everything because they're just going to pull you out the game <laughs> so um, for me I wanted to be on the field I wanted the ball in my hand like all the time so I just had to conquer that although it's like the hardest thing for me I wear I wear my Emotions. My heart on my sleeve, yeah. yeah. Um, my mom's probably laughing right now listening to this. Well, I, I thought that when you said that because you know to 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 be keep your emotions on an even keel. When I know what I know about you and how emotional you are, I can see how challenging that that could be. When did you start playing baseball? Uh, like the beginning, as early as I could. Probably my You're, my dad played college baseball as oh, well. You're, oh, he did. Okay, South, Southwest State. Um, yeah, I mean, just a lot of athletics keeping us busy, but, um, really at a competitive level, probably like seventh, eighth grade, I was kind of not the best before that, but I worked harder than everybody. So, um, so what brought you to pitcher pitcher says to me control when you um, say you want to be out there all the time, that means you want to be in control yeah. of, the, of the ball game. Yeah. So, is that, that's it. Yes. That's it. Um, yeah. And I could, I could huck it too. So. I had some, you need to describe what that means. I, my I had really good velocity, although I had not a lot of 
uh, high level coaching. It was just like raw. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So don't get hit with one of your balls then. Uh, right? Yeah, that, it's funny. <laughs> my dad makes a joke like every season, like the first guy I'd face, I just drill him. I like I subconsciously, I don't know, just like setting the tone <laughs> for like the whole season. But um, that's yeah. not a good no, thing. No, it's not <laughs> ideal. But it was a trend. He kind of like put it in my head. Um, but towards the end, I got under control. But um, no, good. so baseball overall, like. I was blessed to be able to play that at a really high level. Um, I had a, I was like top in the state for strikeouts in high school, and then blessed to go to Hamlin down the road. Had fantastic coaching there, taught us a lot just about being men um, and like growing into the world. So more than just sports, but it all. So, kind so of, when you, when you were in high school, how'd you first? How'd you do academically in high school? Crushed it. Um, Very good. How, so small, small classes, but um, I had a 4.2 GPA, taking like PSEO type courses. Um, was that was that was that influenced? I mean, I don't know if that's all of your siblings or it's that that's you, but was that influenced by so, your mother and her and her position? No, maybe? Um, I just wanted to win again, um, and so I was competing against everyone else. Um, and being that it's private school, like there was a lot put into the children that were there, so there are a lot of really intelligent kids so um that plus i was blessed to see my brother like just incredible intelligence but he just didn't turn his schoolwork in and because of that he'd get in trouble with my parents and i was i didn't want to do that so i figured out if i just got good grades it kind of leave me alone <laughs> um and yeah so well that is the pursuit of excellence i guess overall that that is okay so you did well in high school academically did you intend to go to college right from the very beginning when you were in lower school even before high school did you yeah. figure that out when you got to high school uh, when did you decide great question well um it's kind of like expected almost which i don't really agree with anymore but um being that i like i was i was going to be a pro baseball player like there's there's no doubt in my mind um so that is really what drove me but to find some school right i was going to play somewhere in hamlin um yeah, it, I don't even really remember how it all came up, but Jason Verdugo, now he's in Eau Claire, I think. Um, him and another assistant coach came to my house. I'll never forget it. Um, and he's a good salesman, Dugo. But um, no, I just, they, I felt like it was the right fit. And my wife went to school at the U of M, and she wasn't my wife then. She was my girlfriend. But um, Monica, who's been on our show, folks. Yes, sir. Got, got um, don't want to miss yeah. mentioning her podcast, yeah, I, Mama Soda. I, I'll Mama kick Soda, my coverage on that one for sure. But um, yeah, so I've been with my wife now for 17 years. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Going and, on 18. And Matthew, how old are you? 33. All right. So <clears throat> when you went off to, to college and you started pitching, I know a little bit about this, so I want you to tell us because there were some challenges there. <laughs> And there were some things that that uh, you you had to struggle with and grow uh, in that in that role. Yeah. So t- let's tell us a little bit about that. Um, so that was just like a wake up call. So coming from such a small school where, I mean, fifty kids. I was playing varsity ball from the time I was in eighth grade, um, and so I had great opportunity there. But I didn't really play against these big schools with tons of talent. Um, so like I came in like 
I was the man and in my head, big man on campus, my dad used to always say. Um, but really, I was not that good at all. Like these guys had good high school coaching with like actual technical and um, like they understood the mechanics behind it and I didn't and I just got worked freshman year. Um, and in the, the fall ball, I was at the bottom of the, um, the depth chart. Never forget it. Um, they'd have like the depth chart in, in, uh, in coach Dugo's office. And I was like crushed, called my dad. Um, I was about to quit honestly. And he's like, well, you can prove them right or you can prove them wrong. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to outwork everybody. Um, Ended up by the end of the year, uh, I was the rookie of the year in my act that year, um, and really just was super blessed to be able to like live that kind of transformation um, and perform at a really high level. Like I, I don't even know what the heck happened. I just I, I was like ignorant to to like what was going on, and I just had crazy cut on my fastball. So um, and the uber competitive thing helped me out a little bit too. So that that allowed that allowed you that competitive level allowed you to to elevate your game, but it also caused you to grow significantly. How, how much time are we talking about to 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 go from where you at the bottom of the depth chart to a point where you're you got rookie of the year, but now you're actually starting uh, pitching if you ever were. I don't know if you were um, rel- relief no, or if I you was were always a starter. You um, were a starter kind of from okay. the beginning, but uh, freshman year let's say, I don't know, probably September, October at the end of fall ball. Um, that's when I like realized that, um, it was a kick between. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, it was a bummer. Let's just say that. Um, and then I guess it was February 1st is when we'd start like actual training. So that time period, I just, I just worked more than everybody else. Like I was in there religiously, um, with, uh, upperclassman who taught me like how to pitch really Cass Cralo. He's actually a coach over there now. So, um, one of the best pitching coaches in the state, in my opinion, um, and just good with kids at all levels. So, uh, I was blessed for him to like help me figure some stuff out. And then I just like, I was, they said I had like cowboy swagger. Like I just didn't really know, like I didn't care about, the fact that I was a freshman and I didn't really know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> so, fo- so folks, you hear me talk on this show about internal swagger, which is to say that I have in- innate confidence that I don't even need to show anyone. Matthew, I'm sure, had that, but Matthew also had outside swagger, which kind of ticked a lot of people off. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, <laughs> I just was so, in- just the intensity and passion uh, when I'm competing, like, um, like not everyone can get there, you know. Like some people need to really feel. Well, well, you had to learn. You had to learn how to handle that. We've talked about this about the psychology of how to handle yourself so that that didn't come off the wrong way. Talk a little bit about that. That's so, kind of what I'm talking about because this certainly relates to what you've got going on, folks, when you're running a business. And yeah, so, so um, I wish I would have learned better how to do that in college, so I w- would have been a better teammate. Um, I could have done some things differently. I don't regret any of it, but um, what I realized, um, I, so I realized I can't just force stuff down people's throat because I want it because they got they need to understand like 
they need to be part of it. As well, a baseball team. is a team sport, yeah, right? Exactly. You know? So um, Michael Jordan was outside of my dad. Like that was my idol growing up. So um, I I really started to study him a few years back and like how like the first two years he was rookie of the year, like getting all these awards and stuff. Didn't win any championships though. And then like when he reframed how he was like being part of the team right um he because he identified hey i need these other four guys or these other eight guys on the team to help me win a championship and then he just started like pulling it out of them right whether they liked it or so not it was more about the team success than just the individual success well he wasn't going to win a championship by right. himself and right. that's the goal right so um i know the story as so well so you, yeah you got to play a different game but that's but that's similar to what you had to do mm-hmm. right yeah um i i learned some things the hard way um a lot of things the hard way, but I, I really just um, had to learn myself first before I, I could do any of that. Like the um, know thyself, like that's so important. And if you don't start there, it's hard. It's hard to really understand all that, the, the interactions, the social components, and those that dynamics, right? So um, it took a lot of inward looking, and a lot of that for me happened. Um, just by like, I wasn't okay with people feeling like with making people feel a certain way negatively. Like I cared too much about people, um, especially the ones on my team to like act the natural way for me. Um, and just have them walk away just feeling like I'm a jerk. Like that's, I don't know. It wasn't. So you had to work on that. Well, yeah. Cause I found myself wondering like, I don't understand why they think that. I don't understand why they think that. And I started to, th- then I started to think about, like, put myself in their shoes um, and under understanding, like, how I might come across and the other things that might be going on in their life. And all, like, the real psychology of social interaction, especially within the workplace. Cause right. that, like, when, when you're the CEO or, or you're the owner of a company, there's this, like, pedestal almost or like this um this innate fear that's there because like you're the boss fear might not be the best word but um typical interactions that you might have like with my brothers or with um someone who was a friend that i hired like it it changed a little bit and i i didn't like it changed for them and maybe they notice it but it also changed for me and i didn't notice it Uh um until I was just so so we we've, we've, we've moved Matthew's kind of moving on to to the some of the what I like to call the social intelligence related to people and running a business and things like that but um I I truly understand exactly what he's saying. I know that there's growth in that. I think that what he talks about is not unlike many things that I've described here several occasions and maybe if you want to think about when you're a landlord there's a degree of animosity uh, some, maybe some respect, maybe could be the opposite when you own an investment property that you're the landlord and the other person is a tenant. And there's some degree of that just by virtue of the fact that you own it, they don't. And when you are in a position like a pitcher and they're not, or you're at a higher competitive level, level and they're not, uh, these are all things that rub people the wrong way. And you remember also something, folks, that whenever someone is overtly confident, and that's not a bad thing because ego is very important and useful. It's not bad as long as it doesn't become egotistical. And 
And that, whenever someone's less of that, they're going to be uh, intimidated and they're going to see that as arrogance. So anytime anybody sees you as being overly confident, if they don't have that same level of confidence, they see that as arrogance. And when you want to win, you can't let that slow you down. You can't let that bother you. We're going to take a break here and we're dissecting the psychology of what makes Matthew Eichmann from Abracadabra. He, he owns and runs this company. He and his beautiful wife, Monica, along with his two brothers who built this company or have, have, have brought it to where it is now. And when we talk about that, boy, I'm trying to figure out, you know, where's this guy come from? How does he develop what he has right now? We'll be right back. Are you missing anything in your plan? Find out with JLN Financial's Retirement Checklist. If you could check all the boxes on the list, you may be ready for retirement. If not, JLN Financial can help. Get this checklist now at rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. JL and Financial offers insurance services. Investing involves risk. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and JL and Financial are not affiliated companies. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the WOW experience. If you or anyone you know are in a financially challenged situation, listen. My name is Todd Rooker. For over 20 years, I've been helping people strategically plan for and deal with a financial crisis. My typical client may have previously had a substantial net worth and are now in fear of losing their personal home. My clients will often say, in the past, I was financially successful. However, at this point, I'm exhausting all of my financial resources trying to make my payments on time. I feel as though I'm simply delaying the inevitable by throwing good money after bad. So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale, Dean and Lou, loan modification, credit counseling, or even bankruptcy? And then most importantly, how do I minimize the damage and rebuild my life when this disaster is over? This is my world, and I teach classes on those very topics. So if you or anyone you know is in this situation or you want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. Hey, are you considering something exceptional to set your home apart and highlight its curb appeal? How about the rich look of custom copper gutters? Copper gutters are not only beautiful, they also offer timeless durability. William Foss with Gutter Solutions installed my beautiful copper gutters. I get compliments every day. If you're looking for extraordinary craftsmanship and would like to consider something truly special, call him at 612-834-0664 or go to their website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Ask for Billy. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. 
Welcome back, everybody. We have Matthew Eichmann. He owns a company called Abracadabra Pest Control. They are fabulous, outstanding. I've used them. And not just do they do they get rid of the pests, but they fundamentally fix things so that uh, they they don't come back in the same way and then they they take care of you year over year. I'm a part of that contract. I absolutely love it. I had squirrels in my attic every single year, every single year, and I had to pay somebody to come out who would set traps and do all the stuff that they did. Abracadabra did a whole different ball game. They came in, they went throughout the entire house. They uh, on the exterior, they found all the holes, every single thing. They filled them all up and they fundamentally fixed it. And I tell you what, didn't even know something like that existed. It isn't cheap, and I wouldn't have expected it to be. But you know what? Now I'm now I'm in good shape. I don't have any of that anymore. And uh, I I got to tell you, it 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 was a wonderful thing to behold. And so not only do they have an incredible company, not only do they have that. And if you do have uh, if you do have pests that come in the spring, and obviously all of us do, they take care of that for you. If you do have wildlife, they take care of that issue as well. But the company itself. That, that's the work that they do. But the running of the company that makes it such a great company, that comes from somewhere. And I'm making the point that generally it rolls down from the owners and from those who are in higher positions who run it. And we're talking to Mike Matthew Eichmann here, who is the owner of that company, who is very ambitious, who has been very successful in growing that company. And, you know, being an entrepreneur is a unique thing. It's a rare thing. Uh, to, to one, want to do it and two, to actually be able to do it. And he is, has, and continues to aggressively grow and something makes people like this tick. And that's what this is about. That's what I'm trying to figure out. So you told us a little bit about, about your, your, the baseball, the competitive baseball in college. How'd you do in college? Uh, I did pretty well. I mean, I was all conference like every, year um academic all all conference um probably could have done a little better in class freshman year was a big wake-up call for me i was just used to coasting because it was uh, easy for you it's good at testing i didn't turn my homework in um but uh i had it was like cum laude so not like the best but like it was a three six in college okay all right studied biology exercise science and coaching which is probably the um, so I have a double major and then that minor in coaching and that I probably double major, them. double major, minor, what? what? Um, so biology and exercise science were my two majors. Okay. Um, and then coaching was my minor. So, um, I actually, at that time, what did you think your direction was going to be if, given those gra- majors? Uh, gra- well, other than playing pro baseball, um, <laughs> uh, grad school, biomechanics, kinesiology, that whole route, um, so did. what? So what? Physical therapy, Cairo, yeah. what are we talking yeah, about? That just didn't sound fun to me. Neither did like more <laughs> school. Um, but I was, so I actually graduated as a super senior. Uh, um, so I was rookie of the year, freshman year, super cool. Right. Um, but that was sarcasm. Uh, but then uh, <laughs> sophomore year, I, I actually um, tore a ligament in my elbow, just like went from like baseball being everything to, I couldn't throw a ball for like a year and it was major bummer. Um, I kind of got depressed at that point. And be, so fast forward because of that, my fifth, excuse me, <clears throat> my fifth year I had, uh, my last semester I had one class to fulfill my major. Um, so I had one hour <laughs> class, uh, a week and a lot of 
free time outside of baseball. So I just started working with my father-in-law. Um, or it was my wife's dad at that point in Abracadabra. He founded it. So your wife's dad had already started the company and did have that name at that time as well. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Um, you weren't married yet, right? No, sir. Okay. Uh, so that was my super senior year, 2014. Um, just worked with him kind of during the day, made a little bit of money, fell in love with customer service, controlling my time. And really like overall, I saw the, the value in a re- recurring business model that ongoing service and um, relationship. So, Mo- so Monica's dad was an entrepreneur, which was different from your parents and their backgrounds who were employees. Yeah, so right? what happens a lot in, in the pest space locally is, um, like my father-in-law, someone will work for a larger company, um, gain the certifications and ability to get the right license to start their own business. Um, so that's kind of the only way to enter the space, really. So there's a little bit of a barrier to starting a pest company here. Um, so he, but he had done it after working for a large local company, um, for about 10 years, he, he went off, started his own thing and you can make like, you can make a really good living in this space, just owning your own job. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, so as opposed that, to what, a business folks. Yeah. So he, and that's what he did for 15 years. He was able to go to all of his kids sports. He had four daughters. They were all in, uh, athletics. He had grandkids, his, um, I would argue that really Cindy's more the entrepreneur, Monica's mother. She ran a in-home daycare, um, plus helped with abracadabra, plus help like get the kids everywhere. Like she could, she can manage a lot of things, um, and just the memory and that side of the family. Like they have their minds are so sharp, um, and anyway, so um, I would argue that Mike kind of like he signed up for being that technician and that relationship worked really well for a while. They made great money as kind of that right. mom and pop shop. Just just to be clear, folks, there was a clear distinction between owning your own job and running a business. A lot of people, a lot of men and women who are one person shows will call themselves business people. But in fact, really, they are exactly as Matthew just described. They're just somebody who owns their own job. It's very different than building and running a company and scaling it. So I just want to make that point. Go on. Um, yeah, so out of college, uh, so I took the the GRE or whatever that course is to go to grad school. Absolutely <laughs> killed that. Could have got into wherever I wanted, but just didn't want to. So just started doing pest control. Um running route out of my Honda Civic. <laughs> wow. So <clears throat> there's another piece here that I want to throw in here because obviously you're sitting here and you're not playing pro baseball and you can tell us about that if you like, but I do know because I have, uh, one of my sons was an extraordinary athlete in college, just like you're talking about. In fact, some of you know his, his he was, they were in the Olymp- uh, at the Olympic trials here just very recently in, in Florida. Uh, and my son coaches, coached uh, several Olympic uh, uh, hopefuls uh, before the Olympic trials and coaches his wife. So I know all about that. And I know that when he got out of college, it was a major downer because he didn't know this energy, this absolute focus that he had put into it, in addition to the academics, was just where to put that. It was He was a bit lost and trying to find something that he could put that amount of energy, drive, and, and passion into was not easy. So how'd that work out for you? Um, man, it was a few years of just like not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, but 
I was like, I was always active, busy, um, pretty social at that point. Cause I didn't have like real directions because pest control, I was essentially working. Like I was on the way out just cause that's what the behavior I saw modeled. So running right. kind of a smaller route, having a chill day really. Uh-huh. Um, and decent income. It, it wasn't until like really got like engaged and I was like, what the heck am I going to do to make sure like I take care of this person, like the most important person to me. You're talking um, about Monica. Monica. Yeah. And how long I, there's timelines here. So out of college, when did you marry Monica? Uh, so we married in, oh, it put me on the spot. Um, 2015. Yeah, September 2015. So were you out of college, still in college? Um, I was out of college, so graduated 2014, got engaged that summer, got married next September on like our, this is kind of cute, on our original like (laughs) anniversary. So we started dating. Monica, you're kind of cute. (laughs) um, We started dating when I was a freshman um, on September 19th, and that's, that's our wedding day too. So we were able to make that work. Beautiful wedding on, uh. Lake Minnetonka, right over by Maynard's. So things got serious. Yeah, it, they escalated quickly. Um, but I was—I had no idea when Abracadabra was going to be mine. I, I was so then I just like put my nose down to grow that. Um, but I had no contractual anything there. There just wasn't so you, there. you were still—you still had a job, right? I mean, you Abracadabra still, was my yeah, job. yeah. And you still had a job. You hadn't taken any mental ownership of I'm going to, I'm going to run a business, this business or any other at that point. Right. So mm-hmm. we're going to take another break and I'm going to come back and we're going to, I'm going to ask you, when did you determine that you wanted to be a business owner who builds a business? Cause that is a major transition from being a jobber to actually going out and saying, I'm going to build something. Now I can see where your passion would do that. But when did that happen? We'll take a break. We'll be right back talking about talking to uh, Matthew Eichmann with Abercadabra Pest Control. We'll be right back. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's Fix autousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. Does your sump pump run constantly? Do you want to ensure that you never have a damp, musty smelling basement? These issues are caused by water coming off your roof, draining into your basement. Gutters can resolve these problems. William Foss is the owner of Seamless Solutions. He is honest and trustworthy. He is simply the best. If you need gutters or leaf covers, he is the guy to call. You can call him at 612-834-0664 or go to his website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. About. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. 
As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number is 612-271-4047. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back. Interviewing Matthew Eichmann, business owner, entrepreneur of Abracadabra Pest Control. Uh, you know, everybody perceives outside stimuli and is affected differently by things. But at some point, young men and young women figure out that it's no longer about them. And it becomes uh, very serious very fast. For myself, in a matter of just uh, a few short years, I went from being a kind of a crazy young guy to having a mortgage, having a wife, having a child, and moreover, having a wife with, with cancer and a son with cerebral palsy. And let me tell you what, it was like a dump truck driving on top of my shoulders. And it all got very, very serious, very, very fast. And like everything in life, it's fight or flight. You're either going to run away or you're going to buckle down and do what's necessary. And so we're talking a little bit about that here, Matthew. So when did that happen for you? Um, Man, so it was really when... Um, found out we were going to have my son, uh, we were pregnant with him. So, um, I, I just needed to be in control again. At that point, I didn't even know like what was going to happen with the business. So I had just like worked really hard and, um, did a lot of things wrong, but we, we grew, um, because so, of so what, so what, okay. So what, so when, so when that happened, what, what happened with you? You, you were talking about the business as though you 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 were in the business, but in fact you had been you had just had a job up until that point. Yeah, and yeah. it's and at some point you decided that you wanted to either be a partner, make this your own, or something like that. So when and how did that happen? Um, pr- 
I mean, pretty much immediately, like it was conversation we had and then it was just something that was always, always on the horizon, never really had a day, but, um, great opportunity, like so blessed to have that opportunity. Like the business had been running for 15 years. Um, Mike had so many loyal customers and a name and a brand. Um, and I got to come in and really just add some fuel to the fire, if you will, and, uh, accelerate some things, put some, some youth into it. Um, and I did, I had to grind. I had to hustle cause it wasn't like we bought a brand new truck and did all this stuff. It, it was like, Matt, you got a, you got a car, like get some customers and make it happen. And that's like literally what, what I had to do. I, it was, it was rough. It was um, rough. But um, as I grew it and became more confident, um, like I just saw so much opportunity and like the always like started like looking five years down the line, five years down the line, just like um, naturally. There's, there's a like, point there, folks. Um, like just naturally investing into the future and like. How many was, people were working in the business at that time? Was it just you and Mike? Okay. It was me so your so your so your vision of farther. Did you see that you wanted to have an actual company with employees like you have now yeah. and taking it to the next level, folks? You know, remember you hear me say this many many times. Some of the most what I and you'll forgive me for saying it in this way, but some of the most boring, mundane businesses that you would think nothing of are some of the most successful businesses you will ever find run by some of the most amazing people you're ever going to meet. Matthew is exactly like that. So the business and the, or the service and the work of the business often is less important than the way you manage and grow that business. And Matthew has just done an extraordinary job here. And I'm, I hope we can get through to some of this, but so you, you knew right from the beginning that you wanted to take it farther and you were already looking yeah. five years down the road at doing yeah. something like so that. So I'll, I'll give credit to my father-in-law cause he was like, he had the vision, like when I was dating Monica in high school, he's like kind of put the seed in my mind almost like, Hey, this, like you and your brothers would be great at this to like, I don't think I've ever actually said that out loud, but to be transparent, that's kind of what happened. And, um, um, I was supposed to be a doctor though, right? Like in my mind, I was going to go to college and be a doctor. So it, I never really entertained it. I was like, yeah, super cool. Not that. Not right. going to do that though. I'm supposed to go to college. A doctor or, or an entrepreneur or wow. a doctor or pro baseball player. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, entrepreneur. Like I was always just like, I'd figure out ways to get money. Uh huh. Like, um, just selling stuff. So you, stuff, so, stuff. so we, we, we don't have more time to dissect <laughs> it, but you, you, uh, life, life, you know, imposed its pressure as it does on everyone. You decided that those conversations with Mike that were maybe a little frivolous at the time became much more poignant at that mm -hmm. point in your life. And you decided that you wanted to do that. So I know that later on, you 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 started to you you bought Mike out. Yep, and you grew this business, uh, and and I've worked with you now for at least two years now. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's a little more than that. I don't know, but whatever. Um, and I've watched you grow it, grow it, grow it, and that comes from somewhere. So, what do you see for where you want to take this company? What do you want to do with it? Um, I just want it to be the biggest it possibly can, so I can touch as many lives as possible. Um, isn't that interesting? Matthew just came from a, uh, an event with others in the business, a, a peer group event in, where was that Matthew? Oh, that was in Tampa, in Tampa, Florida. 
And there were people there, I think you told me, who have pest control businesses that were 50 and 100 million plus mm-hmm. uh, out there. And that's kind of your aspiration is to go in that direction, right? Yeah, it's like a new benchmark. Um, again, to my like innate competitiveness, like I just want to beat them. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> like it's possible. So I want I want to do that. Um, and not and not just for me so I can have that mental win, but because I know with that as the one of the blessings that we get as business owners is the ability to impact people, uh, especially the communities that we serve. Um, it's a huge tool to have that much cash flow coming through and the platform of the marketing channels that we have. Right. So um, I think like when you have something in your bucket, it's easy to take out of your bucket and like spread that. Um, and I don't know, it's kind of a selfish selflessness. Um, I just, like I was raised to be a giver. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's better to give than to receive. How long have you been in ownership of Abercadabra? Uh, since April 1st, 2017. 2017. All right. So when did Abercadabra do its first million dollars in sales? Oh, great question. Um, I think it was 2019. Okay. Now we are far down the road from that, but... Yeah, so we 10X'd in that time. Yes, Yes, that's the point I'm trying to make for those of you who are plodding along and not making a lot of progress. This is why I say a business plan should be five years. You can take a company from nothing, from zero, to many millions of dollars within a five-year period of time. And this is an illustration. We are far down the road from that number I just asked him. But in a reasonably short period of time, they brought it to a million dollars. And that, by the way, that is the toughest I mean, the first million bucks is always toughest because you got to get systems in place and then you try to scale beyond that, which we are absolutely doing. But that first million dollars occurred pretty doggone fast. That was like my goal. Like like me and my brothers in college, when we were talking about like doing what we're doing now, like a million, like it was just so big. Right. Um, And now it's like... We better never do a million again. (laughs) (laughs) In two years. Let's take another break. We'll be right back speaking with Matthew Eichmann. Matthew, before we, well, when we come back, we'll give you Matthew's uh, contact information. I'm just going to tell you, folks, if you need any help with pests, I mean, if you don't like mosquitoes in in the summer and you don't like the ladybugs coming in in the spring and all the things, they just fix it. It's just End of story. Uh, I pay a modest monthly fee and they just handle everything. It is just, it's awesome. So if you need that, this is the guy, this is the company, but this is really the company and Matthew is really the guy. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Social Security. You've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of it? Jim Baer and his team at J. Allen Financial can show you ways to do that with their free Social Security report. 
Download your copy today at rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. J. Allen Financial offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and J. Allen Financial are not affiliated companies. J. Allen Financial is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or governmental agency. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? Their attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years experience in this highly specialized field and it is my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly and most importantly, help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think, but don't waste time. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. That number again, 763-559-3800. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. So, some really, really great stuff here. Uh, Matthew and his team in just a short period of time wasn't much of a team at the time, but they they went from from uh, you know zero to hero in a period of two years, went to over a million dollars. Big pinnacle for a lot of people. Didn't stop there; just kept on going and going. And really, really exciting that they were able to do that. But it tells you, folks, that everybody has the potential to do it, but you got to believe in yourself. And Matthew, some of the things that he's said here I don't know if they if you if you fully appreciate it but you know he is he's got to win and you put him alongside of uh somebody else and 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 he's a competitor he doesn't know how to not do that we used to have a a, a horse on the farm it was a race horse formerly and every time a car would take off the horse would go and race the car didn't know how to not do that this is Matthew that's his makeup and that and he's an entrepreneur so go 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 is 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 who he is but there's undoubtedly things that when you started you had no idea what you were endeavoring into and looking back what things would you have told yourself back then that you didn't know now that you're further down the road and looking back uh think bigger really yeah think bigger uh uh in terms of my business, especially, um, like I, like I just said before the break, like I was thinking a million was the pinnacle, but like within the industry, there's billions of dollars of opportunity. Um, and locally there's two local competitors that I get to kind of look up to and strive to be like, um, and I, I've just had to like 
test the water with both feet, do a lot of stuff. I not really sure what's going to happen. Got to figure it out. And I just know I'll be able to do it. Um, my team doesn't always like when I do that, um, without running it by them sometimes, but I'm always pushing, always trying to, um, create speed, um, or velocity. And that, that like within the business in sales, um, I drive that home all the time to my team, but like, it was the same thing when I was pitching, um, like always trying to get like an extra mile an hour to like to my own detriment, actually. Um, like my body was beat up at the end, but like with the right insight and input and coaching a business, like you can break down and still like be going. Right. Um, where my body, like it was done. Well, I, you know, I, I think when you, when you work with people who have more of an employee mindset, the challenge is that you expect them to be self-starters. And these people, unless you're, they're told specifically what, what to do, they just do what they're told and not one thing more. And that's a real challenge because when you're trying to build a company, you're looking for people who just see, know what the end result must be. And whatever it is that it takes to get there is irrelevant. You just do it. And people with an employee mindset lack that understanding. Just do what's necessary. Well, I don't know what's necessary. I don't know either, and I don't care. Just do it. And that's what you're looking for in yeah. in, in, in a team. It's really and like the attack mindset. Right. Um, that's just like kind of natural for me. But like, uh, so a story from my dad, like a, a ground ball, when a ground ball is coming to you, he would always tell us like, you got to go get it. Like you can't just wait for it to happen. Come to you. Um, like you got to attack that ball, otherwise it's going to take a weird hop. You're going to miss it. Um, and like, it's just, like I think it's the same thing in business. Like when we have speed, we can take something that's five years down the road and we can bring it closer to us, and we can make it two years down the road. And now, how much more opportunity do we create for those people in our organization, um, for ourselves, for for our kids in, in the future? Um, but when we just like let life happen, you let the ground ball come to you. Well, like. You're going to get there in whatever time frame you want. Parkinson's law, things expand to take the amount of time you give them. Um, I, I like live that. Um, so I set, set really short timelines and I just bust my, bust my butt it. and go get it. Go yep. get it. Um, I mean, you know, our, our goal is to engender this self-starting leadership quality within all of our team members. Because with a company such as Abracadabra, as it grows, more and more opportunities for, for management exist as the company grows and scales. And folks who are employees need to understand that. When you're working with a company that is continually on the grow, do your job exceedingly well because there will be other positions at a higher level that become available and the opportunities that exist in a company that's on the grow are limitless. But you have to make it happen. You have to make it happen as a team member. And, you know, we, I know that you and I, we struggle with bringing this out in people. You know, uh, how do you use uh, social human psychology to bring out the very best in these people, Matt? Uh, so, again, a story from my dad. So going back to, like, baseball my senior year, he told me, um, I asked him how to be a better leader because I, I wasn't a good leader. I was a good competitor. I was not a good teammate or leader. Um, and he said, like, figure out, like, what they care about, what's important to them, and help them do that. Um, and that that's, like, Help them get what they it. want, yeah. and then um, they get you get what you want. Yeah, and, and you Sounds also like get, like, that <laughs> amazing experience to help somebody achieve. 
right? When you're used to executing and achieving, um, it becomes normal. For, for some people, it's not that way. For some people, they have a lot of trials and like between their ears, they're not winning that game. So when you help them do something, it's like this brand new door you open. Um, and that's just so incredibly inspiring for me. Well, that's, that's what we're trying to do, you know, is to get, get folks to see the vision and come along and, and, and inject their passion. See, see, make it their own. You know, mentally make it their own. Everybody in every space should desire to make that space their own, their thing, and be extraordinary at it. Matthew, you are extraordinary. We're going to have you on again. I wish we had more time, but uh, thanks for taking your time. Thank you much. All right. Matthew can be reached by going to Abracadabra. Oh, push the button. Environmental.com, or we got the Homegrown Hustle podcast as well. Oh, yeah. Listen to the podcast, Homegrown Hustle podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello. I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. This has been a paid program. The views expressed were not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN.